It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Hey everyone, welcome to the Success Line. Your host, Ben Fairfield here. I'm excited for our guest today, Miss Kareen Campbell. Kareen, thank you for being on the Success Line. Thank you for inviting me, Ben. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Oh man, it's, it's awesome. Now, I, I got to meet you and know you because you are Success Coaching Certified. You went through the certification. Uh, and so uh, that was awesome. Yet I know that some of our listeners may not know you. So why don't you tell us who you are, where you are, and what you do? I am a broker realtor uh, in Ottawa, Canada, a little uh, C-A-N-A-D-A, as we we often <laughs> refer to it to those south of the border. I just, you know, made a big decision in my life recently. I left a successful business. I decided to end a partnership and go out on my own. And two and a half months later, I find myself with a team of four realtors and an admin, and we're just moving forward. Oh, now it's just a, so it's a awesome. question of scaling now. That's where we're at. So, okay, so so you were in a partnership, uh, like a business relationship, I'm guessing, and uh, you found yourself at a point where you decided you needed to go a different direction. Uh, so you uh, you made a big, big change, which is, is huge. And I, I'm assuming that's going to be part of what we're talking about today. But um, what, uh, what brought you here today? What do you want to unpack? What are we going to talk through today? I think scaling. Now that I've landed where I've landed... Uh, you read the stories, you see the stories that individuals are scaling in this business and they're bankrupt mm. or they're broke. But, you know, their teams are getting paid, their, their leads generation systems getting paid, but they're not making any money. Yeah. And I think that is really what I'm here to learn about today and how to make that move forward mm. without ending up in the red. Got it. Got it. Okay, so uh, if you don't mind, and, and uh, you don't have to go into extreme detail if you don't want to in areas, but just to give me some context, uh, what was the the relationship that you ended and what led up to you making that decision? Again, just like it can be big picture stuff, but what made you decide, you know what, it, it's time for me to, to go on a different path? That's a really good question. And I will start with a bit of a backstory. I traveled to Dallas in August last year to attend a, well, an event, coaching event. And as I was exiting at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, I tested positive for COVID. So the Canadian girl with two vaccines who wore her mask and did everything she thought she was supposed to do, got an extended stay in Dallas. <laughs> so you know what? It, it fell on the heels of, of listening to Albie Stasek speak, mm. actually, and say, you know, burn a boat. Know mm. when it's time, when something is no longer serving you to your best interest to, to burn that boat, right? I, and I did. So, you know, people's desires and goals change. Um, it's not a negative. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, it's instead of trying to find some middle ground where neither party are happy, I made the decision to pull the pin. And I was coachless at the time. And I found myself 
uh, in that hotel room in Dallas, in Grapevine, Texas, to be precise, <laughs> doing a lot of soul searching and journaling and deciding what it is that I really wanted. Mm. And I knew I needed to find someone who could support me, a coach, through mm. that transition. Yeah. So off I went on that little adventure, <laughs> interviewing. And it's important to find somebody who gets you. Yep. And the big winner was the individual that pointed out that I was already going through the stages of grief. Mm. That it was akin to ending any relationship. It had sure. been a seven-year partnership. Um, and it was all good. But I just, people change. And as, yeah. as I said, our goals, our goals change. Mm. And our values change. And, you know, it was excellent having a coach that would circle back and remind me of why I made the decision. You know, that would, it would show you that the breakup was positive. Yeah. You said something there I want to make sure we highlight because I think that's so important for everyone listening that it uh, charting a different course, making the decision to end a partnership, it doesn't have to be because there's some big scandal or it's because one big no. negative thing. It simply can be it's just the right next thing for you. And and at the same time, it doesn't mean that it's not difficult. It doesn't mean that you don't go through the stages of of loss and feeling that that grief that you that come on, comes on the other side yeah. of, of something not ending like you thought it would. Uh, but that also doesn't mean that it's not the right decision. So I, I love everything you just said there. So sorry to, to interject, yeah. but I want to make sure we highlight that. Well, it's important, right? Like sometimes you get so caught up in that business of day to day that you just, you can't see the forest from the trees. And I recognized that I needed somebody who had that 30,000 foot view, right? Someone who was zooming in and bringing in the landscape in increments and showing me that, you know, and supporting me through that path forward. And it, it was excellent. You know, it was scary. I'm sure. not going to lie to anybody. And if anybody's listening out there who finds themselves in that situation, just hit me up. <laughs> I, I will, I'm fresh off the bandwagon. I love it. I can, I can help you. So, so your relationship that you ended, that business that yeah. you were in is the same business that you, are, you stayed in, correct? It okay. is. And that individual is a successful realtor. Okay. It's great. Um, it just, it was time. We had brought ourselves, I think, each other to a certain level of growth. And it was just the, the desires change, right? The, the goals change over time and, the, and sometimes they just don't align. Mm. You know, okay. and, I'm for, and I'm fortuitous now that, you know, I made that decision. Sure. And then into my life, you know, now comes these other realtors and a team. Yeah, it was just it was phenomenal. Blessings show up. That's, that's a they fun, do. That's a fun part of that whole process is a reward for being bold and following your instincts and doing what you believe to be true for you and right for you in that moment. Uh, all of a sudden, there's blessings on the other <laughs> end. So, uh, so I love that. A lot of lessons already, and we're uh, we're like six minutes in. So <laughs> good job. And so now that gets us to today. So you 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 separated from the former business relationship. You've gone on your own path. You've got a team of four agents. I believe you said you have an administrative assistant or an admin we help, do. which is awesome. That's huge. Uh, she and will. So, what's that? She's our glue that keeps us together. That's yeah. what we call her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank God there are people who love that stuff because if not, we would yes. all be a disaster all the time. So, so you've got, uh, you've got a good crew and you're, you're moving forward. And so your question was around how do we scale that while staying 
profitable by, by protecting is. our margin. Absolutely. And, you know, we know our numbers. I've got our numbers. So I, I think it's more of a, a, and I won't say the word fear because it's not a fear. It's sure. the awareness of knowing, knowing other large teams that you admire and you, you know, you've, you learn from them. You fly across, like we fly across the country and we go to these events and then we hear someone up on stage tell you that, you know, it wasn't all, you know, rainbows and puppies. There was, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's challenging. It's the, yes. You're managing people. You've got that. And you're managing the bank account and the leads coming in. And the more people you add, the more budget you have to increase that leads by. You know, you know the deal. Absolutely. But it's, it's hearing those top producers tell you that they've been in the red. Yeah. Well, and here's, here's the, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge. It's easy for anybody in any industry to go to conventions and trainings and seminars and they see the person up on the stage and they hear all of the successes, but rarely in those settings do we hear all the crap that had to happen to get to those successes, like how it almost broke us, how we almost lost everything that we actually liked. And that isn't all the time, but my point is we see the the, the little 20% of the iceberg that sits above the mm -hmm. water and we aren't looking at all the 80% of the blood, sweat, tears, stress, sleepless nights that went into the process of getting there. So, uh, so I think it's a great question, regardless of industry, every business owner who wants to scale a business is going to be faced with this. And the other thing that's interesting too is if somebody's listening going, oh, this isn't really for me. I don't want to scale my business. Well, then you're, you're in the stages of decline in your business because you're either growing or you're dying in your business. There, there is no middle ground. There's, there's too much competition. There's too much else going on out there. There are too many other choices for the consumers. We're either scaling our business to reach and impact more people or we're falling behind. Those are the only two things. Like I didn't learn a lot in school, but my bachelor of science in aeronautics did teach me through physics that there is no such thing as coasting. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. There is no such thing as standing still. And it's one of the biggest lies business people tell themselves is that I can, I've gotten to where I want to go. I can just hang tight here. Well, there's not too many businesses that are still around that adopted that principle. So, so then again, it comes down to how do we wrestle with, how do we scale it while maintaining our profitability because again business and i believe and i think you would agree business uh, exists to fund our lives versus us being in existence to make the business go and that's the the mistake a lot of people make as well 100 percent. so so tell me um what are and you don't have to give specific numbers but but as far as as scaling goes what are you looking to scale towards uh, in a perfect world, if the stars all align, like where would you want to go from and to by the end of this year? We are at four on the floor, as I call it, for producing realtors. And we want to get to, I'd like six by the end of the year. Okay. I just want to add two more. Two more successful agents that want to be part of a team. Somebody who already has training. Yes. Yep. Yes. You know, somebody who's already doing transactions, who understands that it's challenging to create, you know, we watch HDTV and we think it's, it, it's quite simple, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. yeah. You know, if only. Um, if only, if only it were that easy, but somebody who wants to be part of a team who's are given appointments, you know, I'm not going to give you leads. We're going to, we have give you appointments to go yeah. out and make it happen. I think that is where we're at. Okay. And, and just, it's the attraction as well. Success yep. attracts success. You know that. 
Absolutely. I know that. And it's attracting those individuals to entice them to want to come over. Mm. Who so, we, yes. So I, I would I want to jump in really quick because you just said something really. So I, I want to talk about scaling without question. And I, also this attraction thing that you just brought up is so critically important because a lot of times I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners make the mistake of thinking if I just throw more money at it, then I'll get the people that I want and I'll get the production that I want and I'll get all the fill in the blank that I want. The problem with that is if you're not in the process as a business and an individual becoming the person that magnetically attracts the people that you want, no amount of money will ever keep them. You may attract them, but if your business isn't becoming the entity that attracts people that you're looking for talent-wise, if you as a leader aren't constantly becoming the person that attracts talent like you're looking for, you may get them in the door with really good splits or, or really good leads or really good something, but ultimately you won't keep them, right? And so it, it's a double-edged sword. The scaling conversation, a lot of people miss. They think I can just throw more money at it. And I believe that's why a lot of entrepreneurs go bankrupt because they think throwing money at things is the only answer. And it's actually, in my opinion, the secondary thing. It's not as important. It's important, but our growth and who we're becoming individually and as a business is most important. Absolutely. And I think in, in this industry, the backbone really is an amazing CRM. And it's not just having that CRM and spending the money on the leads. It's knowing how to use it. Right? It's, it's knowing the ins and outs of that CRM so that, you know, you weren't losing Mm. losing your leads. Yeah. You know, and it's important to have training on that. You know, it's, and they're not, as you know, they're not inexpensive. Yeah. No. And, and so as a result, we want high accountability around the use mm -hmm. of the system as well. So, so that being said, to your point, that, that requires or paints the picture of what we call an avatar, our, our ideal candidate for the role of, of salesperson in your organization. So um, somewhat rhetorical, uh, but I think it's good conversation, and, and I would challenge you to really kind of be writing this down and be thinking about this. But the question I'd be asking myself if I'm you uh, is, who do I need to become so that I attract yes. the salespeople that I desire to have? Yes, that is exactly it. And exactly. so you're, I know you've you're you're a, a lifelong learner. I've seen that demonstrated. We spent fifty plus hours together in the coaching certification and and leadership next generation leadership and leading the, the next generation leaders and, and groups of the population requires a coaching style leadership versus the old management style leadership. So, so you're already going in this direction and that's wonderful. However, um, like if I'm you, I have this question posted at my desk and, and where I see it every single day because I can never stop. One of the biggest opportunities for a leader is to understand that, that there's pressure. The bigger our organization gets, the more talented people we have come in and around us, the more pressure I as the leader feel to stay out in front of them. Like I have to be growing faster than them so that I can continue to pour into them. And the problem with a lot of organizations is they go to a lot of expense and effort and trouble to attract people and the leader just coasts and the leader stops growing. And all of a sudden their world uh, their leadership lid, Maxwell calls it the law of the lid, their, their leadership uh, growth sets a lid on the growth of the organization. And most times when an organization fails to scale and grow, it's because the person running the ship, the leader of the organization, has stopped growing themselves. 100. And I want to bring up as well, like when I made that decision to leave, 
I made the decision that moving forward, no matter what I did, I was going to, and then this comes back to success coaching, I was going to use Dr. A's disc mm. and make sure that I had the right people in the right seats. And yeah. I, that, was, that was the game changer for me. Mm. I now know moving forward that I have the right people in the right roles. Yeah. And and that's huge. That's half of that's it, right? So huge. so knowing that we we have people that behaviorally are a match for for the the majority of the way we're going to see this person spending their time to find someone who enjoys spending their time in those things, but naturally behaviorally is huge. The second part of that that I love about the the Dr. Abelson report that we use at Success Coaching that you're I using is good. the motives report, right? Absolutely. Because it's one thing to get them in. It's another to be able to understand what drives these people. Because for most people, money is not the number one thing. That is my number one favorite thing about that, that particular disc. It's knowing how to motivate the people based on on their well their motivators yeah right? you know i know how to talk to them i yeah. know how to relate and that is it's huge yes it was huge and having it's like a superpower mm. <laughs> it's just yes. having that knowledge it's a little superpower that's that's you know ticked away in a box and <laughs> awesome i love it so so I, I think I think that's the first part of it, right? And I think that's where most people skip. So anyone listening, I think we've we've got to first start with ourselves and our own growth and our and our own leadership lid, uh, because no matter who we attract, we won't keep them if we're not staying ahead of them. If our world isn't continuing to get bigger, they have a hard time picturing their world inside of ours, and then they will eventually leave to find someone who has a bigger vision and a bigger world to where they can grow as big as they want to within the vision of the leader in the organization. So that's the first part, right? And I think that's that's absolutely 100% key. Now, now the second part of that is the actual scaling part of the business, right? So uh, so I'm going to ask a couple of questions. And, and if you, I wouldn't be surprised if you have these. And if not, don't feel bad because most people don't. But where I usually go when I'm in a coaching relationship with someone and we're wanting to scale a business, uh, we have to like know our numbers. And, and a lot of people think they know their numbers. And when we actually look and, and inspect, they, they know surface level numbers. They don't actually know the numbers behind the numbers. So, so for instance, as a business, and, and I know your industry because I've been in it for a long time, uh, but again, this translates to any industry. Uh, every business has a cost of goods sold. Yes. And so I need to make sure as, as a business owner that I understand what does it cost me to sell something? And, and that in, the, in this case, in your industry, is how much do I spend per agent per month for leads? How much do I spend per agent per month for training? Like all the investment per yep. agent... What is that? Because until I know that, I have no chance of understanding at what point do I hit a return on that investment with each individual. It's on the wall behind me. <laughs> Not I surprised. It. It's right up there. Yeah. Right there. Not surprised, right? But but here, yeah. you know as well as I do, most entrepreneurs don't know that number. Okay. And so how do how can we possibly, when we're scaling, know, uh, you know, it's, it's been called red light, green light before. Like, how can we possibly <laughs> know when the business is telling us, yes, gross, invest more money, or when it's telling us, hey, crazy person, stop. You need to, you need to get more out of what you already have before you spend. The business will tell us. That's what I love about business. And I am not a high detail person, as you know, from my disc profile. But what I am is a huge fan of numbers inside of business because it tells us everything we need to know in real time. 
Yes, Our does. business will tell us in real time, is this a good decision or a bad decision? Do I have the bandwidth to do this or do I not? Should I make this decision or should I not? The business will always tell us, but we, we have to know where to look in order to get that feedback. So, so for your business, you don't have to give specific numbers, but um, what do you see you have to increase revenue-wise in order to make it make sense to add those two additional people? I'm at, I, uh, revenue-wise, I could add them right now. I can, I can tell you that we're running at... Um, an ROI about 23% expenses. Okay. And having listened in on many, many shows and many leaders, most people are much higher than that, right? Their, their cost to sale. Yep. I know exactly what it costs on average for our average listing for an average buyer. You know, it's, we know where we fall on the cost of that sale. So I know that we're running, I think actually below the line. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I think our expenses are actually lower. We am on a lean ship. That, sure. that is the goal. Um, I, I think it's just the, you know, I know the cost for leads and how many leads we have coming in and I've done the math backwards. I know how many I have to have per agent per month in order to keep it going. Sure. But I, the, like, again, I guess it's the bigger question of like, that's my safety net. I know I'm running under, under 25%. Sure. Right. It's, and it's, it's getting past that, knowing yeah. that I can go to 35 and it's not going to kill me. Yep. Yeah. But and I think the key, what you just said for everyone listening, for every business owner, the key is to establish those benchmarks on the front end and not later in the game. Because if we wait until later in the game, emotion comes in. And all of a sudden, we're our best salespeople against ourselves. Oh, but you don't know how cool this fancy new widget is. You have no idea how good this magic pill and potion is going to be. If I know ahead of time, what I'm not going to exceed this percentage, no matter what, then it forces me as a business owner, it forces the business then to double down, increase revenue with what we have before we then give ourselves permission to add whatever that thing is, right? So having that established on the front end, you're absolutely right. Going to 35% will not kill the business. Yet you have to decide what is my absolute line in the sand as far as what I'm willing to, to go to in return in regards to the return on the investment and my, my margin. And as soon as I go past that, even a half a percent, then it, okay, then it's stop. And we retool, we regroup mm -hmm. on how do we re re yeah. reuse what we have and maximize what we have so that we can get that green light. So the business then gives us that permission. And I, I think you said something in there that's important to highlight. There are so many shiny new objects out there. <laughs> so yeah. many. And everybody, you know, your inbox is full daily. Yeah. With somebody trying to sell you something. Yeah. But really it comes down to the basics. Yep. Right? And I come back to an awesome CRM mm -hmm. and knowing how to use it. Leveraging it at the highest level possible. And it doesn't Absolutely. matter. I, I got to be honest. I Before I came into this role... I was running one of the largest expansion teams in the country. We were in 23 states, over 90 offices. We had 200 agents. I mean, we had lots of platforms of a very big company CRM. Most of the CRMs, the big ones, the expensive ones, they're mm -hmm. fairly similar, right? So I have a lot of agents that say, like, oh, well, which one should I use? And my answer is always the same. It's the one that you'll actually turn on and be inside of every single day. <laughs> like it does, at the end of the day, as long as you have one that you will use, that's the biggest part of it right there. Like at some level, it amazes me how many agents at all different companies have access to CRMs through their company and they've never even activated them. Yeah. 
it blows my mind, right? But again, there's a difference between the the you think of the four quadrants of uh, the cash, you know, the cash flow quadrants. A lot of these agents, a lot of business owners, people think that they're business owners and they're actually just self-employed. They just ended up buying their job. They've never taken that leap to get to being an actual business owner, which is the conversation we're having here. It's knowing the numbers, understanding the difference between my my gross revenue and all the different stops along the way before I get to my net income for the business and, and understanding the metrics that I need to measure if I want to move the needle in some of these areas. Those are all huge components. I call that playing office. Yes. And there are a lot of entrepreneurs that do. That's why small businesses fail at such a high rate, in my opinion. That's nationally, and that's not new. That's been the case for a long time, right? So so what I'm hearing you say is, I, I know where I'm going. I have an understanding of my numbers. So I want to ask you then, um, so what what is giving you pause or what causes concern uh, along that pathway for you specifically? Uh, I think being a brand new team. I mean, we just came together, Right. We don't have that history yet. We have it separately. Sure. But we don't have it together. And I think that is exactly the, the nail on the head. <laughs> that is, ex- you know what I mean? I do. Success attracts success. And we are just at the beginning. We've come out of the gates strongly for 2022, mm-hmm. which is great in a, in, a, in a market, which I'm sure is not dissimilar to yours, where listings sure. are few and far between. Yep. We're doing well. So... Leveraging that to get to the next step, but it's the, how do we get that, that, you know, established agent to come on over, to come on in through the door, come join our team, come work with us. So let me ask you why those four agents join this team. They found me. I'll be honest. I made my decision to... To, to leave the previous relationship and they came a knocking. Okay. So what attracted them to, to you? Like what, and this is put your, put your humility in your pocket. I'm genu- genuinely just like, what do you see that, that attracted them to the opportunity to be in business with you? Honestly, I think it was because we, the way we think is very similar. Okay. In what way? Uh, in what way? A very big growth mindset where the vision is. This is the vision up here. I'm going to scale it down. This is where I want to go to. But why with you? Why not on their own? Because we filled in the missing blanks for each other. Oh, you know, it comes back to that disc. Mm-hmm. We are together with that disc. We are a whole. I see. You know, we are separate parts. And it was putting the right people in the right roles. Absolutely. That's so what it came down to. So are there any, is there a thread of commonality or similarity between the four agents on the team that, that they were seeking or that they felt like they were missing that all of a sudden they found inside of the organization or being a part of the collective of what you all are building? The collective. It's the collective, right? It's, it, it was, it's 100% what it was. It was seeing on paper that together we were stronger. So how do you tell that story in the market? I'll give credit where credit is due here. Kim, my, my business partner, she's the one that approached me and said, hey, you know, we have a lot of the systems in sale. It's common. We have systems in common. We have procedures in common. We do things. And we had for years, we'd meet for lunch and we'd say, what's working for you? What's, what's not working? We just had that common commonality. And so when I made my decision 
she approached me and she said, hey, um, I don't know if you ever want to entertain having a business partner again. She said, I've been down that road before and it didn't work well. You're coming out of one. But I see the two of us could come together. And this is what we could create. Mm. So, and it was from there that the disc profiling started to happen, right? And and then you saw it. And yeah. I saw it. I saw it. You know, because, you know, one of our team members is her son. He's phenomenal. And uh, we have another buyer agent that came along. And it was great. We filled in, we filled in blanks. We recognized strengths in each other that, you know, separately we didn't have. For sure. For sure. So, um, and I know I'm, I'm catching you a little bit off guard with this and that's somewhat intentional. So tell <laughs> me, uh, who would the ideal agent be that you're, you're looking for the salesperson? If you're going to add two more by the end of the year, regardless of timing, but, but if you had to describe them characteristically, behaviorally, like what are some things that come to mind as far as this person or these people? I would probably say a couple ISs, an IS and an ID, if we're going to go by disc. Okay. And why, why do those come to mind? The empathy for the IS, for sure. Related, an absolute relator moving forward. And the, the ID to, to be, be all that, plus the closer, to close that deal mm. and not get, not get caught, you know, in the, in the never-ending loop. I, if I were to go by disc profiles, that's probably what we're looking for. Well, and speaking of the disc profile, what's interesting about what you said there is both of those things that came to mind had the eye first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's what's interesting for those that may not be super familiar with disc is that the eye, of course, is, is very social. They want to be a part of something bigger. They want to do this with other people. people. Whereas a high D, um, they're they're great closers and they want to be solo birds, right? They want to be free not birds. Don't, don't cage me in, right? So that's a mistake I see a lot of organizations make too is they take – uh, very high D individuals, driven, very entrepreneurial, um, high ego strength, like these people. And so as a result, they are typically very good salespeople. The problem, though, <laughs> is they don't want to be caged in and they don't want it to be someone else's show. They want it to be theirs. So what's interesting about what you just said is one of the things that jumps out at me from what you just said was that these are people, and I'm painting with a broad brush, that these are people that want to be a part of something bigger. They want to win with and through other people. They don't want to do this on their own. 100%. Doesn't mean that they couldn't, but it means that they want to do it with, they want to succeed with and through other people. 100%. So, so how do you begin? So we are in February. So how do you begin crafting the messaging to be able to take it to the general market so that the story itself and what you're building begins to attract and create conversations between you and the right candidates that you're looking for. One of the decisions that we made early on was that our signage, and this, this is fair for many teams, that our signage would contain all of the brokerage information, the team information, but there would be a rider for the individual mm. agent's name mm -hmm. so that they would feel a part of something. Sure. You know, they went out there and they earned that listing. They're in, we wanted them to understand that you went out there, you earned it, put your name on it. The team name is still there, but you run with that. Sure. And I, you know, I, I think having done it differently in the past where it was always a team lead and no one else's name that was on it. 
it was a way to try and open up, say, hey, you know, come on over, come work with us. Your name can still be on the sign. You can still take the credit. You can still be listing agent number one on the board. Sure. You know, our names will just follow afterwards. More autonomy. It's all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that was important. Okay. You know, so, it, was, it was feedback I had received previously. So how do you take that feedback and put it in a medium that allows you to get it to the right market? Oh, you tell me, Mr. Fairfield, you're the coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if I'm, if I'm, I'm you, I, I really do think that you're onto something there. And I think that's, uh, I know there are some differences between the Canadian real estate market and the US-based one, and there's a lot of similarities. And I think that that's some, one of the commonalities in both markets is that um, the days of it being brokerage first or team first, and then the agents a necessary evil, those days are quickly ending. Right. And the agents are realizing and demanding in a lot of cases that that they have that autonomy, that they get to be recognized in the process. It's not that I'm ashamed of my company, but I shouldn't be in the shadows. I want to be a part. I'm proud of the fact that I got this. I want to be out in front of people. So, So this is a big conversation in the industry for those that aren't in our industry. And again, this translates to other industries as well, I truly believe. But but my thought would be um, if this is a hot point inside of the industry that you're in getting a few of your agents another month or two into this to actually sit down and on a Zoom call or in a a video format, just unpack, here's what I was feeling before. Here's what I was looking for. Here's what I found. And here's what I think of it. Like all of a sudden now that's not you saying it. That's not recruiting because you're going to, some people will see that and not be interested. And that's good, right? It's going to, it's going to push away the people who aren't interested, but it will intrigue and attract the conversations with the people who might be. So, so one of the things I would consider doing is testimonials are powerful. You think about Amazon, you and I go to buy something on Amazon. What's the first thing we and every other consumer look at before we decide which one of those things to buy? The reviews. We look at the reviews. Yet most real estate teams aren't considering that in their agent attraction process. Like people want social proof. So as you're scaling, you know very clearly who you want to attract. It sounds like you've got a good value proposition and you've got stuff dialed on the business side for where you're at right now. The key then is just how do we take the correct message using the right method to get it in front of the correct market? And all of a sudden, then we just start having conversations. So, so I think video can be absolutely one of those things. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing because it speaks to directly from one agent to another. It's peer-to-peer. It's seen as somewhat unbiased because it's not you or the team saying it. It's this other person saying it. Um, what else could you do? That's one idea. What else could you do? Oh, you could have a conversation at the end of a transaction. Yeah, with, absolutely. With the, with the buying or selling agent on the other side. Yeah. So how do you, and again, this is somewhat rhetorical, but the question I'd be thinking of is what, how do I want to train my agents to have a conversation at the end of a transaction when they're thanking the other agent? How do, what do I want them to say so that it's not uh, timeshare sales or car sales, but that I'm actually purposely putting them in a position to attract maybe their next teammate? How do I put them in a position to really grow themselves? Because when they learn how to attract people for a team, the same way they're learning influence on how to be a better listing or a buyer's agent at the same time. So it's me helping them. It's me helping develop their skill sets and growing them. But as the leader, we got to sit down and think out purposely, what do I want them to say? What do I want that to look like? What do I want that experience to look like? And then from the company standpoint, 
I, I, you know, I use send out cards. There's AM cards. There's a ton of them. Again, I don't really care which one anyone uses, but it's really simple. If we make a process that every time we have a closing, the team sends a thank you card for a couple bucks to the other agent. And, you know, it was really, what do I want to say inside of the card? Already happening. Yeah. So, I mean, you get it. So it's just being purposeful with the, the opportunities that we have and that we're presented with to really identify ourselves as doing this a little bit differently. This, our industry has been doing it the same way for so long <laughs> that, uh, that, that companies that are doing it differently are growing very, very quickly as a result and teams the same way. When, when we give up the control and we, we embrace the fear of doing it differently, all of a sudden some beautiful things happen because it resonates with people. So I don't see it any different for you on your team. It's just a different scale However, you have a huge opportunity in front of you to disrupt what's happening and to be different uh, as long as we're telling that story purposely. Fair enough. No, I hear you. Um, it, I think we're going to, you know, we, Kim and I had this discussion this morning. I said, you know, why don't we think it? We always think about the listing appointment and the buyer appointment. We need to think about the agent appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to put our thinking caps on and say, you know, if I were in their shoes, what conversation would I want? Yeah. What would come at me? So it's, you know, the, you have your buying appointment, you have your listing appointment and you have your, I call it the, you're listing your agent appointment. Yeah. It's Lot, growth. And it's growth. It's our value. This is what we bring to the table. Absolutely. I was taught a long time ago outside of this industry leading an organization. I was taught a long time ago by a great mentor who used to run Radio Shack and Payless Shoe Stores back when they actually were really successful companies for the Tandy Corporation, but taught me a long time ago. He said the, the leader's number one job, regardless of industry, the leader's number one job is to constantly be looking for talent. Their number one job is always to be filling the bench because you may not need it today, but you always need it tomorrow and you always want to have the opportunity to top grade. So, so I see the exciting side of this is that your role now becomes, or you add to your role that, that you are constantly looking for talent. You're always looking to see who else needs what we have to offer, who else needs to be in business with us and vice versa. Always be recruiting. Isn't that <laughs> what they used at the time? <laughs> I've been through many, many Absolutely. coaching programs and I is ABR was yeah. always Top of mind. Absolutely. Right. The best time to find someone is when they're not looking for a job, right? If, if someone's looking for a job, that's a red flag, right? I, the talent comes really when they're not looking and yet you find someone that has something inside of them that you know that when mixed with your organization, your values, your methodologies could mean big things for both mm-hmm. parties. Like that's where the secret sauce happens and that's really where we start developing some longstanding relationships. And that's also where you then get a line of people who want to join, and scaling then becomes uh, a selection rather than a forced choice. Uh, I was taught a long time ago, when you make a, a decision of candidates between two people, you're making a choice. When you make it between three or more, you're making a selection. We want to always strive to have enough people in the hopper that we get to make a selection rather than a choice. Because a choice, I'm just picking the lesser of two evils sometimes. A selection, I get to really pick the best out of all the applicants. And, you know, another another item that we've decided to do here as uh, open up branch office, have the office space, have it for a few more years, decided to uh, make the application and that's what we're doing. So the signage is going to go up. People will know we're here. So good. We have, you know, individuals that have been at home working with COVID that maybe want to get out of the house. Yep. We can offer you a place to come. 
That's fantastic. I know. So I love it. That was a big goal. That's a huge step. That's a huge step. That's a huge step. And it will be one that's absolutely rewarded. The favor uh, definitely rewards those who are bold. And you've made a couple (laughs) pretty bold decisions in the last few months. And uh, no doubt about it. Um, you've got great things in the future. So, so as we're kind of wrapping up our time here, um, I always try to do it the same way with everybody. I want to hear like, what did you take from today and what are you going to be committed to implement or do with what we talked about so that we can check back in? Oh, and you had just, (laughs) there was so much from this call, (laughs) but you're right. Um, I, I'm going to look at it differently on the other side of the coin, right? I, I had mentioned like looking at it as listing, you know, adding it into giving my, my, my people the right, the right talking points, right? To find their next colleague that may want to come in and be with us. So that, that's the number one thing I'm going to do from, from today. I love it. So it's write, write that script, get it out, make sure everybody's got it internalized as their own and uh let's let's grow this thing i love it well i'm excited to see where it goes no doubt you're gonna far surpass your own expectations i have no doubt in my mind um and i'm just really grateful that you were here today i really appreciate your time well thank you i appreciate to be giving the time we have a little motto in our office that we we say to each other every time we're going towards something and we're meeting with a client we are all that plus a bag of chips. <laughs> Keep that in mind. And we are all that plus a bag of chips. <laughs> and that you are. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. Matt, so many takeaways from that episode with Kareen. Now, uh, <laughs> as I said at the end there, I, I love the fact that she felt convicted. She had clarity around what she needed to do, yet she took the step that a lot of people are afraid to take. There are so many people who are going through life being average when they could be remarkable. I just posted something on Instagram day before yesterday uh, and and I, I just said this, I said, what's the point of being alive if you don't at least try to do something remarkable? We know that fortune favors the bold. And Corrine had a clarity around the fact she needed to end something good so that she could be put in a path of something great to happen. Without taking that step, she could have missed out on something truly wonderful. And I think that's true for a lot of you. And it's true for me. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode. Go internal. Take time for reflection. Listen to what your instincts are telling you. And when it's time to take a bold step, it's time to make a bold move, fully prepare and lean in. Great things happen. Blessings show up on the other side of bold moves. Make sure you're prepared and also don't settle for average. Find ways that you can be remarkable. As always, we love having y'all here. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe, leave us a rating, and also make sure that if you want coaching like this for your business, regardless of your industry, apply to be on the show. I'd love to be able to connect with you. Find me on social media. Instagram is where I'm most active, and we'll see you right back here next week. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. 
Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.